from Relay FM. This is episode 312 of the Panatic Podcast. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Brad Dowdy. Hi, Brad. Hi, Mike Hurley. Is this Mike M- with a Y? M-Y-K-E. You want to say it with me? M-Y-K-E. That is the correct spelling of Mike. But I'm talking about myself, right? If you spelt my name with an I, you would be wrong. So I just want to point out in follow-up to last week's episode, because you thought you'd mention it at every point that you could, that you were spelling it wrong. M-Y-K-E is the right way to spell this name. Thank you very much. So special shout out to Mike, M-I-K-E, Madison, for helping me out last week. Yep, Mike was amazing. I have no beef with him. I only have beef with you. Uh, <laughs> As it should be. I feel like Mike Madison was trying to to move away from, from, from that, but uh, you wouldn't let him. Uh, it was great. It was a really interesting episode. Do you understand how hard it is for me to talk about Mike without having to delineate those somehow? Like, oh, yeah, I have yeah, to, yeah. Like, that is but not an you easy can, thing. You can just say Mike with a Y. That's all it needed to be. Not like yeah. the guy who spells his name wrong, you know? <laughs> you know, it's easy. Easy. People just call me Mike with a Y. You could have just called me Hurley. I think you've done that in the past. That would have worked as well. Yeah. I have done that in the past, and that's a little awkward for I some I think reason. you were just testing know. to see if I was listening. I always listen. Actually, I wasn't. That didn't cross my mind at all, but I it kept bothering me every time I say it because I wasn't prepared to say it, so it would mm. catch me off guard every time. So I always felt I had to, to, <laughs> to make some stupid comment about it. It was probably annoying, especially to you by the end of it, but I'll live. <laughs> um, I, there were two, I had two notes on this. One, it's probably just inadvisable to have guests with the same name as one of us you know like i feel like the, the amount of issues that that can cause is is significant especially because uh, i really enjoyed listening to the episode i love being a listener of this show but every time mm. you were talking and you asked mike a question it set off an alarm bell in my brain every single time <laughs> because my brain was telling me you can't answer this right now and that happened every single mm. time you said his name i it, something would just like trigger in my head and it it was very it was very weird for me to listen i could see that i don't guess i've ever thought of it that way but yeah i could see how you would think like you're in the show mm-hmm. but you're actually not and having to switch around like that yeah that's kind of funny but uh Hey, I mean, you know, whatever we did last week was fell a little bit short um, compared to what you did last week. You didn't just go to WWDC, which you do every year for, you know, all your shows, mm-hmm. all your podcasts, you know, see all your friends. You know, that's a, it's a big deal, big event for you every week. And this one was a little bit bigger than normal. And I want you to tell the tale of what happened to you um, on this trip. Yeah, we, we there was a couple of things that was going on uh, in in my kind of big week at WWDC. One was we knew we were doing a live show. Uh, we had like five hundred people in a wonderful theater called the Hammer Theater, and we were doing like a, a, a few things with that. And and I was part of the live show, and it was amazing, and it it went perfectly. It was. It was as, you know, there are very few things, I said this before already, but there are very few things kind of in my creative life where I finish them and I'm like, yep, that was perfect. You know, like there's nothing Mm. I would change. Um, And our live show was definitely that for me. Like it went wonderfully. It was amazing to meet people afterwards. It was perfect. I met a couple of Panatic listeners 
um, they, they the pen addict listeners they they get around like they're always there and I love it. They do. They're always where yes. I don't expect them to be, which is always funny <laughs> to me. Um, but the 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 big unexpected thing is uh, during the keynote. So Apple has a, a announcement. I think everybody probably knows this, right? But like Apple mm. do these keynotes. They do a couple a year where they show off a bunch of products and stuff. And WWDC is usually where they show off software that's coming for the rest of the year. Um, and they do it for all of their major platforms. And, and one of them was for the Apple Watch. And one of the new features they were adding to the Apple Watch was podcast playback support. So there's going to be an Apple Podcasts app um, on the Apple Watch. And while they were doing the demo, they're kind of demoing the features and showing them off. And the show that they chose to, to feature whilst demoing it was uh, one of my shows called Connected, the actual show that we were doing the live show for, which made for some nice live show moments. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was sitting in a hotel room uh, screaming and then crying uh, because I achieved a professional achievement that was a dream that I thought was there would be absolutely no way I would be able to to conquer. Um, you know, if you love apple the way that i do and the way that many people do uh and you're in some kind of creative field the ability to have yourself being chosen because like none of these things are accidental it's not like they just were scrolling through a random list and like connected mm -hmm. was chosen was there that like, they specifically chose to feature it um and there are some incredible pictures one of them i'm going to put in the show notes a link to a tweet of mine and uh, there's a picture there which is tim cook standing in front of the connected logo which was a getty yeah. image um, yeah. And that Getty image was purchased by a lot of news organizations. So it kept popping up in really weird and wonderful places like NBC and Sky and stuff like that. So big week. It's a very big week. Yeah, big week. And I wanted you to talk about this. I know this is the Pen Addict show, but this is a mic show and this is a Relay FM show. And this is a show with a story mm -hmm. and you're part of that story. And... When you do great things, I want to make sure that everyone knows how awesome you are and how big of a Thank deal you. this was. And I'm getting little chills here listening to you talk about it. And yeah, that image with Tim Cook standing in front of the picture, that's the one I wanted in the show notes. I couldn't find it right offhand. But um, it was it was crazy. Like, I can't imagine, like, your feeling when you when that just popped up on the screen because like part of your job, you're sitting there, okay, we're going to watch this keynote speech and then bam, that comes up. I can't oh, imagine yeah, what I, it was like to be I in that room. I basically blacked out for like there, there is a <laughs> section of the keynote that occurred after it, which I have literally no memory of. Like I know it happened, but I don't remember it. Like I couldn't focus anymore. Um, yeah. It was, it was friggin' incredible and so wild. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I achieved a life goal that Something that you can't buy, you know. There's no way into yep. that other than it happening to you. So it was kind of yep. kind of yep. amazing. Well, congratulations! Thank you. I wanted to be sure to to say that to you. Very kind. Now, did you write this down in your Hobonichi? No, because uh, <laughs> well, actually, yes, because I kind of cheated. Um, I mm. I don't take my journal when I travel. Um, right. When I travel, a lot of my usual things go out of the window. Like I don't do any time tracking for any work that I do, which is a big part of my general work, uh, like my productivity. And I don't take my journal with me because there's so many things going on and I'm out of my usual habits and flow. I just know I wouldn't do it. But when I mm -hmm. got home, uh, my good thing, I wrote down the stuff that, that, we, that had happened during WWDC week. 
uh, on on kind of like the first day back um, to the journal. But I'm still doing it every single day or every weekday. Uh, every weekday when I'm at home, mm-hmm. I am continuing to complete my journal. And if you've listened to Cortex, I'm also completing my daily active questions as well which is like a separate part of the journal, which I think I explained on this show, right? Like it's yeah, a set of seven questions that I give myself a numbered score for every day. Um, right. Yeah, I'm still doing both of those things. So you asked in the show, Doc, how I'm doing. I mean, I'm not doing well as far as like a daily thing goes, right. but I'm doing well in the fact that it doesn't weigh on me either. That's good. Which in the in the past, it has totally weighed on me. Like I have to use this Techo every day. The day says 25 on it, and today is the 25, and I need to put something on the 25 page. And that used to totally weigh on me. Now, I just have the bigger space of the cousin, and I use some days for that exact day where I want to do the thing, and some days I use it for nothing, and some days I go back a couple weeks, find a blank page to draw something out or do something random. So... It's good in the fact that it's not weighing on me, but it's bad in the fact that I don't use it like perfectly like every day. And I'm okay yeah, with that. Yeah. Like I've, I've come to grips with that's how I'm going to do it. I haven't found, I haven't picked up anything else that's a replacement for what I need that for, which is good. If that makes sense. Like I don't now have like a pocket notebook that I keep like daily tasks and notes and journal stuff in. I still use my cousin for that. So yeah, in in that aspect, like I'm totally good with it. So, you know, it's not, I don't use it perfectly and I'm okay with that. And getting to that point is, uh, is, is part of the, uh, importance for me. I, uh, I think that as long as you're keeping it up to a level which you are comfortable with, I think that is more than perfectly acceptable, right? Like if you right. sat here today and you're like, oh man, I'm I'm doing it, but I'm not doing it as much as I want. Like it's, that's that's not good. But yeah. like, to be able to say like, yeah, okay, I'm not doing it every day, but I am recording and, and writing in my journal to the level that I want mm-hmm. to, like that's mm-hmm. kind of, that's kind of perfect to be honest like that's that's yeah to an s to a, to a point that's kind of what i'm doing too right like i don't fill right. mine in every day but i am doing it to a level that i want to what i don't understand is why one product is different than the other but i think it comes down to size i don't know why okay. why that smaller techo size just really weighed on me just as far as like the importance of covering each day and then the larger cousin size doesn't so i i yeah, that's the only know. thing I can difference I, I in structure. I can't pin that down. Maybe I don't maybe. know. Maybe, maybe. Sometimes maybe. it can but, be daunting, right, to have like a specific structure or whatever, and to be a little yeah. bit. And I think the cousin seems more free flowing in that regard. I guess. Yep. Yep. I don't. I feel like I can waste space in a healthy manner, <laughs> if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, where yeah. I felt with the techo being smaller, every ink spot was important. Right. Right. Where it right, doesn't have right. to be. Doesn't have to be in this larger format. So. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing, but I'm still totally happy with it. Um, we had a change in our personal pen show schedule, Mike, uh, with Notco. I just came back from Raleigh. Um, you know, last week when you were gone, I did the Raleigh pen show, and Mike and I recapped it on the show. Mike with an I. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> so while we were at the show, Jeff starts getting in touch with me and he talked about, you know, if he had any free time this summer, were there any shows he should go to? I was like, well, I can't go to St. Louis. You should think about that. So he worked out his schedule. So Jeff Bruckwicky will be hitting up 
the St. Louis Damn. Pin Show with with the Knock Booth. So it's gonna be Jeff's first solo show. It's gonna be awesome. Can you trust him? Um, I can trust him implicitly. Good. <laughs> uh, I don't know if our customers can trust. There you him. go. There you go. This is what I'm looking for. <laughs> I love you, Jeff. You know. <laughs> no, he's uh he's gonna be fun. He's gonna have this unlock. You know, he asked me to help him pack for the show, and after that, that's all he needs. So it is like, gonna I be. I that. would expect it will be the most entertaining the knock booth has ever been. That would be yeah, my, so that would be my expectation since I gave up the table earlier this year, like I had reserved it, you know, when before I totally finalized my schedule for this year and I had to, we had a, like a good, you know, inside the main room wall table, you know, kind of a, yeah, where basically I picked out the table. So we gave that up. Mm-hmm. And so when I contacted them saying, Hey, do you have anything now? You know, Jeff can make it to the show. We have like a outside hallway table, like one of the last, like squeeze us in the corner type of uh, thing. So you'll have yeah. to come find us in St. Louis, but uh, I think it'll be worth your while to, to come check us out. If you're attending that show, it looks like it's going to be a pretty big show. So one of the questions in um, Slack, uh, our friend Brian asked, you know, what do you think about this show? Is it going to be worthwhile going? Like he's a pin maker, so is it be is it worth it for other small makers to go to this show? What do you think it's going to be like? I mean, in the fact, I mean, the answer is none of us know. But I can say how much work the promoters have put into it. I can look at the exhibitors list, which rivals any pen show I've ever been to, including DC. I mean, I'll put the link in the show notes notes to just who's going to be there at the show, and it's. All kinds of people you would expect. All kinds of people I've never heard of. It looks like a lot of small custom makers there, Brian. So I would think just even for that aspect, it's good. The only thing we don't know is can they pull a local crowd? Like we know they have the vendors. We know they have the table space. We know they have the size. We know they have the hotel. The only thing we don't know and we won't be able to answer till after after the fact is can they pull a local crowd? Based on what they've put together so far... I don't see why not. Um, the hotel's booked out. We had to book Jeff, you know, down the street a little bit. They had to get a second hotel to help out with the overflow. So they're doing everything right from the vendor exhibitor side. So now we just wait and see. Does the crowd come? So we'll know after the show how that goes. So we can't answer that ahead of time, but I know uh, everything looks great from a vendor's perspective. If you're planning on going to the show, you're going to see anyone and everyone that uh, you can imagine seeing. So I think it's going to be pretty good. I certainly have, um, I certainly have hope, high hopes for it, and I hope it does well because uh, it's kind of a good, centrally located, good time frame show. So uh, yeah, I, I wish Jeff all the best. I wish everyone behind the St. Louis show all the best, and we'll recap that uh, after Jeff gets back. We'll have to pick his brain and see how it goes. I would like that very much, actually, if we could have Jeff on the show to talk about it. Yeah, that would be fun. Actually, we'll we plan on doing that. We haven't had him on for a long time, so you should see if nope. he's if he's up for it and the schedule permits. I would love to have him on to talk about what it was like to to do without you. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll we'll see that if if we can swing that. I know he's heading out of town shortly thereafter, so we'll okay. see if we can get get him on in time for to do a St. Louis Pen Show recap because I think everyone would be interested in. Yeah. Number one, hearing from Jeff because he's Jeff. Yep. And number two, hearing how St. Louis is because it's a new show. Is it this is the very first? Very first. Very first. Like there wasn't anything before this? Correct. Oof. Yeah, that's big. from the ground up. Yep. 
I mean, look, did you look at the exhibitors list? It's solid. It's insane. Yeah, I don't know it's how insane. they managed to do it. Like, it's it hard work. solid. Yeah, I mean, yes, of course. But, like, convincing, like, Anderson Pence and Kenro, like, yeah. that, it, you know, that must be difficult stuff, right? Like, that's not, that can't be easy to, to convince yeah. large, like, mainstays to, to give your show a try. So, yep. I bet it's going to be real... I bet it's going to be a real interesting crowd. Oh, so um, Chewy did ask, like, what's a size comparison? This has more tables than Raleigh, which we were just at. Raleigh was like 70 tables. I don't know how many Chicago is. I'm guessing it's probably around a Chicago size show just from the vendor list and table sizes, maybe bigger. I don't know. So it's not small, put it that way. Yeah, I mean, it, drum goals are going to be there too. Yep. I mean, I ain't yep. no joke, Anderson Lewis. So. I recommend people go go to, uh, if anything, just to see Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> that should be that's worth your price of admission. Yep, should just go hang out with Jeff and uh, you know, bring him some water and French fries when you see him. He will be very much appreciated. Um, speaking of no sh- new shows, Mike, I've been kind of beating around the bush on a new project I'm going to take on here, and um, it's not like. A complete secret but i haven't been totally obvious and obnoxious about it but i am starting a twitch channel mm-hmm. which if you've entered any of my giveaways you saw me teasing the pin attic twitch channel and the main question i would imagine is why why do you want to do that and i've been watching twitch for probably the past year and getting used to the platform and seeing what's available out there and also having thoughts of how can I do more to help people in the stationary world. You know, I talked recently about doing an office hours thing, you know, booking like a, an hour, you know, or two hours, you know, a couple times a week to have people and talk to them directly. And I figured, well, why not just set a place and time where I can be there live and you can come talk and basically ask me anything. And I figured Twitch is kind of the place where I want to do it, not just for the stationary uh, part of, you know, the pen addict, but, you know, I also like playing video games, so I'm going to do some gaming on there too. But I think what I'm going to try to do, it's a little bit different. It's not what Twitch is normally built for, but it's grown their non-gaming channels, whether it's in, they have a directory called IRL, which isn't where I'll plan on being but there's a directory called creative where a lot of people are doing drawing and artworking artwork and things like Mm -hmm. that so my plan is to have a twice weekly show um maybe around two hours two days a week to where i focus on a topic and we're gonna reach way back and kind of start from scratch like you know i'm gonna do an entire show on gel ink pens right i'm gonna do you know multi-pens mechanical pencils regular pencils, you know, work our way up to fountain pens. So I'll do a little bit of educational content talking about those types of things. And then I'll do a lot of um, chat integration content. So, you know, asking me questions, rolling with what the chat wants to talk about, things like that. You know, I see that happening, you know, twice a week during the weekday mornings or afternoons, Eastern time, and then nights and weekends, you know, I'll pop in for some games. I, when I started doing the pen addict as a business, it no longer became my hobby. Well, I kind of picked up video games as that hobby replacement. And I figured I can jump on and play video games and you can ask me pen questions too, or you can ask me video game questions. So it's just another way 
to put myself out there to share with the community, give back to the community and have fun while doing it. And those are my focuses in my career now is have fun and help people. And this seems like a great place to do it. I obviously agree. I basically did the exact same thing recently. Um, <laughs> so it's yeah. funny. we came upon this independently, which mm-hmm. is hilarious. But it's something that I don't know. There seem there are these shifts every now and then, and like mm-hmm. Twitch has kind of started to really push itself into some new and interesting places. So the the tools that they have and and the things that they make available to people that want to stream. Um, that's getting better and better and then the way that they allow the way that they give tools for people to make money on twitch as well is getting more interesting so this is why a lot of people are are moving towards it so you should go to twitch.tv slash pen addict and twitch.tv slash playing for fun fm yes and uh maybe eventually we'll do something together i hope so interesting imagine that yeah we definitely will actually i mean we'll just we'll play video games together but yeah it's funny i don't do these things quickly or randomly like i've been planning this for about a year and then over the past two or three months my plan became more solid and that's when i first mentioned it to mike and he's like by the way (laughs) this channel just launched Mm -hmm. playing for fun fm i'm like sweet that'll be fun so you and tiff uh are just wonderful on the playing for fun podcast and on the twitch broadcast so one thing i didn't mention is when i'm going to start this i'm hoping to finish my setup late next week so about a week and a half from now but just keep an eye out. I mean, if you follow me at all, you'll know when I when I go live. So, you know, you'll uh, you'll have it figured out. But I'm shooting for about a week and a half for now. I'm still waiting for a couple parts to come in for my setup. And then we'll be good to go. And uh, we'll figure this out together. So I look forward to it. All right. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Squarespace. Make your next move with Squarespace to let you easily create a website for your next idea. With the ability to grab a unique domain name to give your site the brand that it deserves, to be able to take advantage of beautiful award-winning templates to give it the design that you're looking for, Squarespace is everything you need. You're able to do all of this stuff and so, so much more. No matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace is the only one platform that gives you the tools to do it. You don't have to install anything, patch anything, or upgrade anything. In fact, they even back it all up with 24-7 customer support. So it's easy to set up, it's easy to use, but if you have any trouble, they make it easy to get help. What more could you want? No matter what type of website you're looking to build, Squarespace has the tools. If you want to create an online store, you can do that. If you want to create a blog, you can do that. If you want to create a portfolio, you can do that. Restaurant site, you can do that. Business site, all of them. You think of a way to, you think of a type of website that you want and they will give you all of the tools that you need. You can sign up for a trial today with no credit card required. Just go to squarespace.com slash penaddict and you can play around, you can tweak it to your heart's content before you set your site live. And trust me, you're gonna have a great time with it. You're gonna understand how easy it is to use, and you'll also see why I have been choosing Squarespace for absolute years. Because it's so simple to use. I mean, if I want to create some kind of project, if I want to do anything, these and it has been this way for a long time for me, um, I will always start looking at Squarespace first because I know how to use it because it's so nice and easy to use. Their plans start at just $12 a month. You can sign up right now and use the offer code PENADDICT and that will get you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show. So once again, that's squarespace.com slash PENADDICT and use the code PENADDICT to get 10% off your first purchase. So thanks to Squarespace for their support. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. Mike, may I tempt you with the Platinum 3776 Kumpu? 
Fountain pen. We're here again, aren't we? I, I feel mm. like this happens every few months. Mike gets tempted by a platinum thirty-seven seventy-six, and he doesn't. He ends up not buying it. <laughs> I am with you. So, <laughs> like that's the thing, right? So, platinum releases all these pens. I rave about them. They're awesome. And like last year, I got one of them. But I love every single one of them. But I can't buy all of them at the same time. I also want more from Platinum, even though the 3776 is their mainline model. It's like I'm waiting for them to do something with a different barrel style. And I feel bad saying that because do you ever hear me complain about the Sailor Pro gear? And it's the same stupid thing. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I think they, they're completely different feel of pen, which is why I, I think the 3776 is a lightweight pen and I don't want all my pens to feel that way. But this is... Every one they come out with, I say, is the best one they've done. This is the best one they've done, Mike, and it's called Kampu. Hmm. Hmm. Do you know what that means, Mike? I did look this up. I have no beforehand. idea. No. It means balmy breeze. I mean, we could have oh, gone wow. with the Platinum 3776 Balmy Breeze fountain pen. I mean, that would totally be in, right? I like Balmy Breeze. But this, I guess it isn't for us, though, is it? You know, they, they haven't named this for mine and your purposes. They've named it for... Yes, so it fits in the, this is a um, seasonal series. So this is the seasons around Mount Fuji. Unbeknownst to me, I bought the first one. The one platinum I bought last year was the Shungyo, the red one, which is definitely my favorite. I, I still like the Shungyo better than the Kumpu, but it's really, really kind of amazing. And I love what they've done with the colors and the swirls. Um, I don't know. I I love this stinking pen, but... Again, it's like, I'm not going to probably buy it, probably. <laughs> it's like, I don't know what to do. It's like, I can't buy everything, right? There's too many things. I can't buy all the things. Can we assume that they're halfway through, then, that this series? So this is number two of this series. Yeah. But they've but they've interspersed. They kept the Lake series going, intermixed with this. They dropped the, the Nice series, mm-hmm. you know, before this. Um, they... You know, they, I guess it was the Oshino, the last one, um, the the all clear one. That was part of the Lake series. I think they're kind of overlapping these things. The one thing, they, they did two things different on this one than they did with like some of the Nice series ones where I complained that if you're going to make a limited edition, at least etch some number on the thing. Don't just give me a card that says it's a limited edition, then sell other ones without the card that aren't limited edition ones. I thought that was a terrible idea. So this one will at least be engraved on the, I don't know if it's on the cap band or on the top of the barrel. They usually sometimes do it in the acrylic on the top of the barrel. So the second thing they did, I noticed when I was looking at this release on Pinchelay, and I guess this comes out next month in July sometimes, they're allowing the UEF nib to be ordered for this pen and I kind of glanced back I didn't see that what UEF mean, was like an, allowed it's never been an option not allowed in, I mean, in it's US? never been an option no 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 it's never been an option for their limited series oh, pens it's always been right. it's always been a core edition pen where you could get the UEF nib this is the first one I've seen in the limited edition range with a UEF nib which you know a lot of people you know, like that nib because it's really, really crazy fine. I mean, it's it's definitely not for everyone. But I thought that was interesting because usually with the limited editions, they stick to the more popular nib sizes, right? Just for, you know, purposes. Um, you know, they want to be able to 
you know, sell through these pins and, you know, not have a bunch of UEFs left over. So I thought that was an interesting choice, but I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like a lot of the pins. It's, they do so many, so often, so well. You got to pick and choose, pick and choose what you like. But I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like my eyes popped out when I saw this. It looks fantastic. What do you think? I mean, I still don't own one. So I've done yeah. what I did for the last two. I put my name down at the <laughs> Pen Chalet pre-order. Yeah. And when the email comes through to tell me that it's available for me to buy, I'll make my decision then. Um, yeah. But I mean, I will say that like each one of these 3776s that's come out, I like more than the one before it. Right. Right. So I loved the pink one, then I really loved the purple one, and now I really love this blue one. And one of the reasons I really love it is because it's doing something that, that Platinum seems seldom to do, which is to actually make some change more than color. Mm-hmm. As far as we know, like, can you feel those ridges, or are they like inside I the mean, barrel? In these last ones, you can feel everything. Right. Like so, yeah, some I'm, are I'm more ex- some are more extreme than others. Like the uh, the Nice Lilas was very sharp mm-hmm. to the touch, where the Shungyo was more um, more tempered, if you will, but you could still feel it. Yeah. So I'm assuming you have the texture on the outside of the barrel um, in some places. Yeah, but I'm it doesn't. It keen. doesn't look like it doesn't look like complete like laser etched faceting on there so it's probably pretty comfortable i'm guessing but i don't know yet i was honestly hoping more that it was going to be a case of that there was uh a texture to it as opposed to there wasn't yeah you know like i was hoping that that you would be able to feel it like because that mm -hmm. is more intriguing to me Honestly, I mean, I don't think you can feel like it's not like the swirl pattern. I think the swirl pattern is just like the color throughout. But I think there is oh, okay. it's like some no, some so, type of some, barrel shape, some, so. some some kind of like what do they call it? What is that called? Not ratcheting. What is it called? The Fast faceting. Yeah, mm-hmm. look, I love this pen. Uh, I think it looks amazing. It's obviously clearly a demonstrator, which is even more interesting, mm-hmm. and. The fact that it's based on a mountain tells me I could maybe do some weird ink stuff, maybe use some kind of gray ink or something. Who knows? So yeah. this is going to stay. I'm going to keep my, I'm going to keep my eye open for when the email comes through, and mm-hmm. if I'm feeling particularly flush on the day that it arrives in my inbox, then I might <laughs> go for it. Yeah, I'll wait and see what it looks like in DC. I uh, probably still won't buy one then. I I really like my red Shungyo. I mean, yeah. I really really like pen. that pen. It's, it's gonna be hard to pen. beat that one for me. And I feel like now I need to buy pens that are gonna beat the one I already like. And that that this one is great as it looks. I don't think it's gonna beat that one for me. So I would never choose to use it over the red Shungyo. So we'll see. It looks great. I, uh, I, I mean, I I love it. I love that Platinum's doing uh-huh. this. But man can't buy them all i mean we have a question about um about these nibs later on in the show but i wanted Mm -hmm. to ask you real quick and we can get into a little bit more detail later if i buy this pen i would the option that i would probably go for is soft medium do you think that that is the right choice for me yeah probably so yeah because i don't think i'm gonna like fine no 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 i was gonna say if anything broad yeah they don't i think potentially don't have that as an option okay it's it's soft medium fine or ultra extra fine Oh yeah, soft. Should medium. I get the ultra That's extra it. fine? What do you think? Do you think <laughs> Hell like no, that one? no. So here's a funny anecdote. So I was talking to Brian Anderson of Anderson Pins fame at the Raleigh Pin Show, and I was asking him how the new Chicago store was going. He was telling me it's going great, and he said, "Here's a funny thing. 
So we have a platinum uh, display, uh, a sample display pin set up. So they have all the platinum nibs available as testers. So they get a lot of kind of non-fountain pen people staying at the hotel where the store is. And he says they'll come in and they gravitate to the things you can test, right? Like you, you see a pen display, you can test all these pens out and try all these different nibs. He said, I've sold more ultra extra fine nibs to people who have no idea about fountain pens than you could imagine. He's like, people just gravitate towards that nib, even though I, it's like an extremely difficult dib, nib to write with. I think I understand it because it's like, yeah, if you've not used a, a fountain pen before, yeah, it's probably going to give you more of a feeling of the consistency of a line that like a needle point is going to give you, right? Like, but if you're used to fountain pens, it can be a little bit trickier because like I find it is because it doesn't give me what I'm looking for, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking mm-hmm. for a different feeling. And an ultra mm-hmm. extra fine for me wouldn't give me the fountain pen feeling that I'm looking for, yeah. which is like soft and and bouncy and tons of ink and like just right. gliding across the page. And like an ultra extra fine is just straight up not going to do that for me. Yep. Yep. But so, I understand um, why, like if you're not used to fountain pens, you might go for that. But also just the idea of people buying a, a ultra extra fine platinum as their first pen is a, a hilarious notion <laughs> to me. <laughs> it is pretty funny. Um, yeah, that's just su- such a tough nib to use. And uh, I'm going yeah, to be, I'm gonna to be in Chicago in October. Nice. We, we're doing a mini tour before uh, heading over to Toronto. Right, so we're, yeah, I should we're I should doing, work on that probably. Yeah, I mean, you know, at some point we need to to plan that. We know what we're doing, <laughs> but there's just a few little elements that we need to finish yes, off. Yes, yes, travel yes, related. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, we're because I'm going to be in the states. We decided we're going to do a couple of shows. We do a Chicago show and a New York show uh, for for Great. connected and, and upgrade. And um, tickets are sold out, by the way, which is which is why I'm not even going to put the links in the show notes to sold out. <laughs> and I'm I'm hoping that I can go visit. Um, the new Anderson Penn Chicago show while I'm in town. That'd be fantastic. It's on my list of things to do. Super cool. Super cool. All right. So this next link I wanted to put in as it refers to the Esterbrook FJ ballpoint review that I did on the blog a few weeks back where it had the Shapeways 3D design refill um apparatus what is the word i'm looking for it's basically a molded molded refill to fit a proprietary old school refill so you can get a new refill into an old pen so i knew that my friend les at comfortable shoes studio had a clip also from shapeways that was built to fit on certain pens i don't know if it's just the baron fig squire pens that's what she was testing it on i don't know if it fits other pens so i'd asked her about it i was like hey, you, you talked about doing this uh review of this clip that you got she said yeah she hadn't put it up yet she had all kinds of problems with uh with working with them to get this done and she finally put the review up this week so she she sent it over to me and <laughs> i was i was reading the review and I'm going through and I'm like, holy crap, this thing is ugly. This is like the ugliest thing. And I was like, okay, but, you know, it solves a problem. It's a pen. It, I mean, it's a clip for a pen that doesn't have one. And I see that and I'm like, okay, whatever. Then I get down and, you know, she's talking about it. And then I get down to the part where she's essentially like, okay, holy hell, this thing is ugly. And I just started dying laughing. It was pretty hilarious because 
as good as an of an idea this is, do you see yourself ever putting something like this on one of your pins that needs a clip? Heck no. <laughs> like, all right, so I need to try and explain this to people so they can understand what we're talking about here. So this is a... It is a clip which has a kind of ring around it, and, and the ring has got some holes in it, so it will allow some flex. And it is 3D printed in... Well, at least the one that is being shown here is what looks like a kind of cheap version plastic, right? Like a very yes. simple same, uh, plastic. Same as what the, the ballpoint adapter was that I used. Yeah. It's like a, it's this cheap plastic resiny material. But looks because terrible. it is 3D printed cheaply um, by design, so it can be worth a couple of dollars to buy, it has mm-hmm. that kind of... 3D printed look to it where everything is yeah. kind of a little bit texturized in a way that is probably not intended, right? Like it's a little bobbly, I guess, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it has clearly been extruded from a machine. And like, so mm-hmm. this, this clip could be made out of a slightly different material at a higher production value and look better, but it's then it wouldn't be worth it. I think for you mm-hmm. to buy it, it would be too expensive. Right, exactly. I mean, and they sell like they have a a professional version on Shapeways, which mm-hmm. is like three times the price, which I'm sure would look a little bit better. But ultimately, still, what you're getting is this huge clip, plastic clip with a big cuff that goes all the way around, so it can stretch around mm-hmm. the pen. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, quite frankly, for me, like I understand why you might want something like this, but mm-hmm. personally. I would prefer to not use a pen than to put something like this on the pen. I think it kind of ruins right. a lot of what I like about a pen is, you know, like the way it looks. Um, yes. You know, this was my whole feeling about uh, the the Mark One, the Studio Neat Mark One. Mm-hmm. Um, every time they added any kind of clip design to that pen, it ruined it, in my opinion. Like mm-hmm. any time that they were trying to like, can we add a clip to this? Would it work? Would it not work? It didn't work because the pen's beauty was its simplicity, and adding a clip to it is almost like adding. And this is this is in the in the post that that you mentioned, right? That uh, mm-hmm. it's like a wart. Yeah, it's a third nipple, right? Yeah. I mean, it's just not supposed to be there. It's so two things, and one you just covered. It goes against the original design of the pen. Like you're breaking up the original design like the baron fig squire is is sleek and minimal and then you you tack this on there but secondly i'm also glad that this is happening i'm glad this exists and that's why i wanted to put this in here because it can get better like eventually maybe we'll have something yeah that and like works well if it's and- good for you like if you're fine with that like this is great like if what you're looking for is a clip and you don't care about how the clip looks because you just need it it's awesome mm-hmm. that a product like this exists but like this yeah. is just a very different use case scenario than than yeah. anything I would be in. Yeah, but also like you said, you're not buying the pen in the first place if the clip is like the number one or two most important thing in your purchasing decision. You're yeah, that's buy the, the other pen part in the first of it, place, which is kind of interesting, right? Which is like if you would mm-hmm. care enough that you would buy this to put on a pen, why do you own the pen without the clip in the first place? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, that's the so. that's like a funny thing to me, right? Where it's like clearly, clearly, clips are very important to you. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's interesting to me that like then you would buy a pen without a clip on it. 
Yeah. So I think this this post is worth a read. Les talks about the difficulties she had getting this ordered yeah, as it's well. A, it's so a, it's, I love it. It's a very, very well-written post, and it's very funny, too. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a really good post. And, like... I want to see more of this stuff and it's going to be bad for a while, but you know, maybe we get to a point where there are uses like the, the refill adapter looks terrible as well, but, but you don't have to matter. look at it because yeah. it's on the inside that, of the pen. It's perfect you know? for that. Yeah. So I, I like seeing this innovation, even though this one's kind of trash right now, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, maybe we'll have other use cases come out of this on the opposite end of the spectrum. The new, Paris Skyline Retro 51 Gold Spot exclusive is a work of art. What do yep. you think about this pen? I feel about this pen like you feel about the Platinum we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. like, so this is one of the, uh, I think it's like the annual Gold Spot limited edition that they do. There's like yeah, 537. Yeah, Skyline. Yeah. So the Skyline, they mm-hmm. did New York Skyline. Now this is Paris Skyline. It is a beautiful Retro 51. It glows in the dark. I always love that kind of stuff when they do those details. It has a French bulldog on the finial. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's not for me, but I mm-hmm. really appreciate the design of it. I think it's a wonderful looking pen. It's not one that I'm going to buy, but I wanted to mention it because I know that there are going to be many people listening to this show. It's just right up their alley, right? Because it is a great looking yeah. pen. It's just like, again, I own so many of these now. I pick and choose um, I'm like the weirdest collector in the world, right? Like, I collect something, oh, I don't but think don't, so. you know, or or at least uh, by by general standards of being a collector or something, in that like my collection is based purely upon my own tastes, is which is kind of a funny thing. Um, but I I like it a lot. I think it's really nice looking. Uh, but it's not gonna it's not gonna enter my 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 drawer of retro fifty ones. Yeah, I looked at the image. I'm like, oh man, that is super cool. They did a great job, and like the end like i'm not gonna buy it like there's i have too many like i'm not getting burnout on retro 51s but i pose the question to you and and to others out there you know are there products that you do get burnout on because you just see the the churn and the hype train and the the constant product and, and bombardments I and i say this possible. as a massive i think it's massive possible, fan but the reason that i am not burned out on retro 51 and i think that the the industry as a whole is not is because they keep making incredible pens. Like, right. if they made stuff at the pace that they're making it at, and they were missing, you know, they were a bunch of misses, that's mm-hmm. not... Like, say, for example, that they decided that the Kiss thing was such a success for them, they were just... Mm-hmm. All they were going to make now was every single month or every three weeks, they were going to do some other hair metal band. I think that that <laughs> might eventually, like, people would get tired of that. But there's mm-hmm. so much variety in the design that it feels almost impossible, right? Because if you want to get a Kiss pen, you can get that. If you want to get one with the solar system on it, you can get that. If you want to get one with a Parascani, you want to get one that looks like a cigar, you want to get one that looks like a baseball, like they have so many different designs that the burnout feels less likely for me because it's good. you appeal to more people over a longer period of time. Yep, yep, so... Um... Yeah, I'm with you. I was like, and I buy like a quarter of what you buy. And, you know, I just buy the ones that I like and, you know, move on from the other ones. And, you know, it's pretty cool. And uh, I just sent you the picture of the the Panatic prototype that I should have in my hands for later this year. And I'm pretty excited about that. That'll be that'll be the one that sinks the ship for sure. Like, you know, that's going to be the one It's like, oh, my God, what did they do here? And, uh, you know, 
they'll be buried forever. So I, I appreciate them working with me and my crazy ideas. All right, should we take a break? Let's. All right, let's I need take a shave. moment. Yeah, well, then this is the perfect time for you because we're going to talk about Harry's, who are all about a great shave at a fair price, which is over three million. Which is why over three million people have switched to Harry's, and you should too. You should go join them because Harry's make great products. Their founders, Jeff and Andy, decided to create their company because they were fed up of overpriced razors and they wanted to fix it. They knew a great shave comes down to great blades made of sharp, durable steel that lasts, and they also cut out the unnecessary costs, allowing them to deliver you one perfect razor at an amazing price. They offer high-quality blades at just half the price that you'd pay elsewhere at $2 per blade harry's bought a factory that's been making some of the highest quality blades in the world for over 95 years so you know they're good and they offer a 100 percent quality guarantee if for any reason you don't love your shave just let harry's know within 30 days and you'll get a full refund brad why would people not want that full refund though why are they going to be so excited and happy so it's the one product i seem the most consistent packing with so I, this is what I mean. So the last two trips I've taken were the Raleigh Pin Show, and then I went to the beach this weekend. So I packed my little Harry's Dop kit, and I never forget my Harry's razor because I know that's how good it is, and I would be hosed if I forgot it. Those last two trips, I forgot my toothbrush <laughs> on both of those wow. trips. And that's kind of an important thing. I always remember my Harry's razor. I 100% my, forget my toothbrush. So I need Harry's to make a toothbrush. Yeah. So I will stop forgetting to pack what is really, really good. So <laughs> That's so good. So thank you, Harry's, for not uh, allowing me to forget my razor because it's so good. I would be devastated. But apparently, I don't care about my teeth as much as I do my uh, neck. Fair enough. Harry stands behind the quality of their blades, but they know that switching razors is not an easy decision, so they want to give you a trial offer. You can get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything that you need for a close, comfortable shave. A weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineered blades with lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover as well. Just go to harrys.com slash panaddict right now and redeem your special offer and let them know that we sent you. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. That's harrys.com slash penaddict. Thanks, Harry's. All right, we got a good batch of Ask TPA this week. I want to tackle right. first one from the tiny badge. Um, the Nib Section, which is a wonderful podcast you should all go listen to. We'll make sure we put a link in the show notes. Um, I know everyone on that show does a fantastic job, and I really enjoy their content. You should listen to it. So says, the Nib Section recently po- spoke of resale of fountain pens being comparable to guitars, running a certain percentage of original cost. Any thoughts on a formula to, de- to determine resale price? So good question, tough question impossible to answer but i will say so chuck on the nib section is a musician or, or i don't know if he's a, a musician but he plays music and his you know buys a lot of instruments so he was talking about guitars and relating fountain pens selling fountain pens after they've been purchased on as a resale to guitars so he was saying when you purchase a guitar and right after you purchase it you can just go ahead and mark it off 30 percent if you're trying to resell it like right away like that's the immediate you know, markdown and then about 10% less per year, which the pen industry, I don't think is like that um, per se. You know, if you buy 
a pen, especially a limited edition pen. I don't know that it's going to increase in value, but you can probably get close to 90 to 100% of your value back probably within that first six months or year, you know, while people are still interested in that pen, um, looking for that pen, things like that. Um, I think after that first like six months to a year, it's just going to depend on the pen, right? You know, does the brand continue to be held within high regard? You know, does, you know, did, you know, did the brand fall off some, you know, how do changes in the brand, you know, affect the prices of the older pens, like when Visconti went from gold nibs to palladium nibs. So there's all kinds of different things that come into that. I think for most of the pens that are from major companies that are the limited edition style, they'll pretty much hold their value. If not, go up maybe a little bit. There's not like a 30% discount right off the top, right after purchase. I think the stock pens from those same big brands, like the mainline pens that are just always there, I do see where there would be just like, you're just going to chop something right off the top, right after you purchase it. If six months from now, if I buy a Pilot Custom 912, which was one of my favorite pens on the planet, it's just not special enough to hold its full value as a used pen six months from when I buy it. So I, it would probably be, you know, like 30% discount right off the top. So it just depends. Um, Diana made a good comment on that show as well. She said, I would never buy a new Mont Blanc. And I see that as well mm. because they make so many pens, especially their core lineups. Like this is what I was talking about. Their core lineups, like the 146 and 149. I think I paid 300 or 350 for my 149 used and that's like a $800 pen new or more it's just like you don't have to pay these premium prices for some of these pens so it just really depends on the volume of the pen in the market um you know how many people are want it there's so many variables but it's it's really tough to have just like a hard fast rule but i do think for standard lineup pens you know your base lineups there is going to be a discount right off the top if you're going to resell shortly after purchase um, where limited editions, you're probably not going to see that as well. So, you know, it's uh, the fountain pen market's a good market to buy used in. I've had very good experiences buying used in I have some of my favorite pens I've bought used. Um, so, you know, it's just something you, you don't want to jump into blindly, do your research, you know, do your homework, check prices, kind of get a feel for what those things go for. And, uh, yeah, don't don't hesitate to uh to look in the 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 resale market for something you've been looking for. So I thought this was a great question. Yeah, I'm always and continue to be a little bit hesitant of some of the used stuff for for mm-hmm. sometimes for these reasons. Like, am I paying the right price? How much should it be? You know, could it go up over time? Like that's also another part of it, right? Like, yep, a, a used pen is not like a used car although used cars can go up over time i guess for the same reason right but mm-hmm. you know yeah. like i would like many other people would pay probably over asking price for something like a m90 sure right so yeah. it's 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 a tricky business but there is some 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 cool stuff in it i think yeah, it's a it's an entirely different conversation when you start to get into collectible slash investment versus using and i know um i think uh TJ and Stuart on 1857 podcast. I think they talked about that this week. I haven't had a chance to listen, but that looked like it was in the show notes for this week to talk about that. So I'll have to give that a listen and uh, report back as well. 
All right. All right, so this next one from Amit Yariv says, Hey, I got the new Pelican M205 with a M nib. It is too fine for my taste, but the B nib is too broad. Is it me, or did Pelican make their stainless steel M nibs finer, and what can be done about it? Um, if they did, I'll be dancing a jig <laughs> because I find Pelican <laughs> nibs to be on the on the wide side of the spectrum. So I'm actually shocked to find that someone finds a Pelican, even the steel nibs and M nib to be too fine in relative to other Pelican steel M nibs. I don't. I have not heard anything about this. If anyone else has, I would love to hear what you think. I have not bought a new Pelican steel nib pen in a while, so I don't know you know what their feel is like these days if there's changed i would be shocked if there was any change in their nib sizing because they're kind of known for that you know they pelican kind of do their own thing as far as nibs you know they put a stamp on it and it's basically the pelican size you have to quantify the ef nib like sarah saying in the in the chat room you have to quantify and say that it's a Pelican EF. So that way, you know, the person talking you're talking with goes, okay, so it's about a medium line, right? It's just Pelican's not known for their very fine nib sizing. So I'd be interested to see if anyone else had experience with the newest, you know, steel nib series, whether it's the, you know, the, whatever the blue one, that blue one that just came out with one of the new 205s. And they're always coming out with new and new ones. Um, it, to me, it's it's extra fine or nothing in Pelican, so I, I haven't tried the M steel nibs. But, uh, yeah, so we'll see. I, I'd be interested to know if anyone has any experience with that. Soaps and Ropes asks one of the hardest questions we get. What sort of fountain pen should I buy myself for a nine-year anniversary at work? 200 USD budget. Um, this is the range of everything, so it depends do you want to go classic styled? Like the, my classic styled pin in that range is the Pilot Custom 912 or a Sailor Pro Gear. Um, Sailor Pro Gears maybe run you a little bit more than that. 912's right around that ballpark. If you want to really get something that speaks to like a style you have or a color you like, you know, you look at something like Franklin Christopher Edison, which I think are great choices in that price range. Um, there's steel nibs where the, the Pilot and the Sailor would be gold nibs, so it depends on what you wrote, you like. 200, you can get a lot of choice in that range, depending on style of pen that you want, type of writing experience that you want. So feel free to reach out me with to me with more specifics if you want me to narrow it down for you, but that's where I'm starting in that range, either the Pilot 912 or Sailor Pro Gears for something classic or Franklin Christoph and Edison, and I'm I'm free, I'm leaving out another 20 pins we could pick in that range so yeah that's a great great uh, price range for to fit anything to your tastes this one's for you mike yeah okay any chance <laughs> any chance you could explain nib differences between mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sm m and sf i presume it's a soft version of fine and medium but what is soft is it springy it's a platinum 3776 kumpu okay and so- i just wanted to put this in SM means squidgy marshmallow. That's what the SM stands for. <laughs> M, uh, just the standard M is for morning. So it just depends that you use when mm. you wake up. And then SF okay. is, is San Francisco. And uh, oh, it just okay. means that they work. That it works way nicer when you're against the uh, 
Pacific coastline than the Atlantic coastline. So that's how, that. That's what that means. All of okay. So. All right, next question. Carly mm-hmm. Toes asks... No, okay. So back to this one. Mike's pretty much right. I mean, I think you kind of <laughs> nail it, nailed it. Um, it is considered the soft versions of those pins. So soft, medium, soft, fine. It's slightly springy. I don't say... There's not a bounce to those nibs. Like springiness and bounciness are two different things. I mean, that's a, those are arbitrary, you know, types of definitions. But I believe those are two different things in my in my estimation. It is not springy, I don't think, or it's slightly springy. There's not a lot of bounce to it. You're not getting huge spread tines like some type of flex nib or falcon nib or things like that. It's just a slight softness that gives you a little bit of line variation and sometimes it might give you a smoother writing performance because you get a little bit more ink out although you do spread the tines a little bit so i don't know maybe that's not true but it's a little bit easier to write with but it's i don't know it's tough to explain in words without testing them out because it's not a game-changing difference if you will it's a difference in the firmness of the nib so I like Platinum's soft nibs um, because they do give that little bit of extra line variation in there. So I kind of like them. I don't know. It's just a feel thing. It's it's really hard to put that into words, but it is a little bit of a squishy, squidgy marshmallow uh, morning in San Francisco feel to all three of those nibs. So it's it's something you got to test, test beforehand to see if you like it. Don't expect it to be like a game changer in difference from a standard medium versus a soft medium, but you will be able to tell a difference, just not like 50% different. It'd be like 10 to 15% different. If that makes any sense whatsoever, I don't know how to put it into words. All right. Carly toes. I just ordered a Hobonichi Techo cousin, Avec for the July start, and I'm looking to get a case or cover that fits a nine 0.7 inch iPad as well. Will the Seed A5 work? If not, do either of y'all have a suggestion? Number one, I appreciate the use of y'all. Um, that's approved. Number two, the Seed A5 case will only work for the Hobonichi Techo Cousin Avec because it's A5 size and 9.7 inches is too wide for the A5. So, do you have experience with this, Mike? Well, I was wondering, and I, I actually don't know the answer to this question, but I was wondering... Mm-hmm. If the Rotafad and Tashambaglaita would work in this scenario, I think mm-hmm. that it might. And more than anything, I just wanted to say that name again because it's been a long time. But yeah. I used to keep uh, an iPad and notebooks in these things, and they have a bunch of different configurations and sizes. Um, it it could be it could be a possibility, right, for everything to be all in this one one case yeah i think you i think you would have to get a custom layout for I that think so be- but they do that that's they're... pretty normal for them right like it like, usually when you say like a custom layout that sounds scary but they actually have right. a whole tool a customization tool on their website for you to build your own right and that's why it's such a good product because it is fully customizable their standard a5 will not fit that because it, it is barely bigger than the a5 notebooks you put into it so i know it won't fit 9.7 ipads but 
they do have a configuration tool to where you can see if you can get one built out. And if you can, man, that's a great notebook cover. So I, I absolutely adore those. They are so really, good. really good. Yeah. Yeah. And a uh, pro tip for those of you in the U.S. who have uh, not been able to check those out, JetPens has started carrying them. Damn, so, Brad, they do it. They have it. What? The big one? They have like one. stock? That, yeah. They have one called the, which I don't even understand why, Taschenbegleiter Veleda Midwife. Who knows? Um, Hello. <laughs> who knows? And the 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 it is a twenty one by twenty eight centimeter, and it fits uh, iPads all the way up to the ten point five in the high horizontal uh, pocket, and then has those really cool clip things so you can put notebooks in it too. So they do it. They do it. It's in their generous A five format. Is like the standard. generous A five. Yeah. Which is okay. cool. Not I like that. A five ish. It's generous. generous. A five. Well, I think that, that means it's going to fit the A fives, right? You're going to be good. <laughs> oh, it'll definitely fit. The, if it fits anything, nine point seven A five height is eight point two, eight point three. So yeah, something like that. Awesome. Well, we'll put that link to the show notes. We learned something today, and also that a notebook product has uh, the name midwife. So yep, good to know. Last one, Jacob asks. TPA, what are y'alls? Again, with the y'alls, I love you people so much. This is even y'alls apostrophe yes. Favorite properties of ink. So what's your favorite property of ink, Mike? Is it mm. ink? Is it sheen, shading, boringness, color, performance, um, saturation? Do you have... So when you're shopping for ink, give me like number one and number two features. Oh, it's so difficult. Because I have like <laughs> three things that I like. So mm. I'll tell you the three things that I like. Color, shading or sheen, you know, like some kind of color changing. I don't care how. Uh, right. Those, color. those are different. You got to pick different. But why can't I just say color changing then? <laughs> okay. Color number one, color changing number two. No, not necessarily. I'm just telling you my three things. I still need to rank them. So okay. Color, color changing, dry time. Mm. I think I'm going to go color and then dry time. That might talk okay. to you. Okay. So if I had to pick top top two, I'm also going color one and then shading two. Um, I like some very like you like you're alluding to. I like variation in my line color, which is why I rarely use black ink or you know standard basic blue inks because I can't get that color variation in the line that I can get from a. It sounds like blue black sounds like it's boring, but there's some really beautiful you know variation mm-hmm. throughout the line. Um, inks in a color as boring as blue black so color one shading two and then to me like sheen doesn't move the needle for me um permanence is not a requirement so you know it's those one one and two and then everything else is just it is what it is and you know i either like it or i don't so i do like lots of shading in my inks though but color i i don't care about the shading if i don't like the color first so there you go that's a wrap, Mike. All right. If you want to find our show notes for this week, you know where to go. Relay.fm slash penaddict slash 312. You can find Brad at penaddict.com, knock.co, twitch.tv slash penaddict. And he's on Twitter. What? Yep. He's on tw- this is getting longer and longer every time now. He's on Twitter. He's at <laughs> dowdyism. Penaddict on Instagram. Um, I am I Mike. I am Y-K-E on social networks. Um, you can find this show and many other shows at relay.fm slash shows. I want to thank Squarespace and Harry's for their support of this week's episode. And uh, we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.